<laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Review of Rob Show. I am back after taking a week off because I was down with the sickness. Ooh, why? Um, yeah, I was sick. Not the COVID, just regular old sickness, man. But I am back now, a week later. Still got a little sniff sniffs going on every now and then, but hey, we'll get through it. Um, but yeah, man, glad to be back. Got a lot of things done during that time. Watched some stuff. Gonna talk about some stuff on this episode. Um, as you can tell from the title, main thing that is being reviewed on this episode is gonna be Scream 2022, also known as Scream 5. Uh, I'm gonna be talking about that one on this episode. We've got other things to talk about as well. Kicking it off, first off, happy birthday, Jim freaking Carrie, dude. It's Jim Carrey's birthday, man. If you're like me, you grew up with comedy of Jim Carrey and just throughout all the years of making us all laugh, doing countless other freaking things for this man. Talented, talented dude. So glad to see him. He should be back uh, very soon. I believe this year for Sonic 2. Uh, playing Dr. Robotnik, man. So Jim Carrey, happy birthday to you. Also, as of the recording this episode, happy freaking anniversary to Motley freaking crew. That's right. They uh, On this day, as of the recording this episode, is the uh, 41st anniversary of them becoming a band, man. Love me some Motley Crue. I've always loved me some Motley Crue. One of the first bands I ever loved in my life, and I've stuck with them through all these years, man. So happy anniversary to Motley freaking Crue, dude. So there you go. Happy birthday, Jim Carrey. Happy anniversary, Motley Crue. Monday Night Raw just went off the air, man. Freaking good episode. Fun times. We're on. We're getting close to the road to WrestleMania. Two pretty good matches tonight with uh, Kevin Owens versus Damian Priest. Solid. And then uh, Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley there at the end. Also, also solid mention here. Um, great video package of uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, man. Super stoked and excited to see that match go down at the Royal Rumble. We're getting a WrestleMania caliber match at the Royal Rumble. Hell, we're getting two WrestleMania caliber matches because Seth freaking Rollins takes on uh, Roman Reigns as well. So, big time Royal Rumble coming up this show. Talk about everything, man. It's mostly a movie show, but hey, wrestling will be talked about on the show. Um, so, yeah. What else? But, yeah, like I said. Since the last time we talked, um, and while I was down with the sickness for that uh, week since I uh, missed an episode, I did get some uh, time to watch some things, man. So I checked out uh, uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. That will be a uh, movie I will review on um, uh, probably next week's episode. You know, I don't want to go too much into it right now. I want to give it a good, you know, it deserves its time to be reviewed. So I got to check that out. We will talk about that on the next episode. Um, I checked out the um, What Happened to Brittany Murphy documentary that is on HBO Max. Um, Brittany Murphy is an actress that I absolutely love. Uh, still to this day, she was one of my favorite actresses growing up and is extremely sad what happened to her. She deserves so much better and that documentary is just, you'll watch it and you'll just your heart will break for what happened to her. Man, she deserves so much better. Uh, so yeah, that's on HBO Max. And... Checked out uh, Peacemaker, which is also on HBO Max. Uh, th the three episodes that are available right now. Holy freaking crap, man. What a bonkers of a wild time show that is. If you enjoyed The Suicide Squad, you're going to enjoy this. But just know that this is turned up to like freaking 11, dude. This is much more going on here. Um, John Cena is fantastic in the role of Peacemaker. Awesome freaking intro show. Um, song, beginning, episode thing going on. Um you, you won't skip that intro. Trust me. That's an intro you're not going to skip. All three episodes are very solid. Easy to get through. They breezed by. That They're like 45, 46 some odd minutes uh, each episode. And every single one of them breezed right through it. I couldn't stop watching as soon as I started, man. 
Uh, I love the DCEU. I love DC comic stuff. But even with that, man, I just had a great time with uh, all three episodes. Can't wait till we get some more. Uh, what a good freaking time that is, man. So uh, Peacemaker, definitely highly suggest checking that out. And then, of course, I went to, uh, made it back to the theaters, man. Finally, uh, first visit to the theaters this year. And I saw Scream, the biggest release of this year so far. Biggest release for a while, it looks like, too. There's uh, not too much going on right now. But, got to check that out in theaters. We're going to talk about that as we get into the review portion of this episode. Uh, the main, the big review episode. <laughs> Part of this episode. But, we got to jump into the news first. And the first thing we got to talk about here is uh we gotta talk joss Whedon. um he decided to do some talking and he's gonna give his side his feelings of all the things that have been going on uh, if you don't know a lot of stuff has come out um since the debacle that was justice league um we'll go ahead and state right here at the beginning i do not worship at the altar of joss whedon i am not somebody who grew up watching buffy the vampire slayer or any of his other shows I, you know, I mean, it's not me. Don't care. So I don't have this um, biased love for Joss Whedon to where I think he's amazing or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, there's multiple sides to every story. So take what we're going to talk about here to granted, however you want to take it. Um, but with that said, it does not look good for him. Whether you love this guy or not, I mean, it does not <laughs> seem good for him at all. So... A lot of stuff's been going on. There's been stories, obviously, most one, most recent one being about him on Justice League and how he was a tyrant and a horrible person to work with, threatening people's jobs, um, you know, cutting people out of movies, being horrible to work with. Um, obviously, we've heard that from Ray Fisher. We heard it from Gal Gadot. Uh, we've also, since then, heard it from multiple people that he's worked with. So first, we're going to start off talking about uh, the Justice League, which has now been referred to as the Justice League. Uh, debacle. Uh, starting off with, you know, let's start off with Gal Gadot. Uh, and this is all, he did a article with uh, the New York magazine. And full article talking about him, the downfall of Joss Whedon, or whatever the hell it's called. Um, or what happened with Joss Whedon, blah, 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 blah. They go through his career, they go through all that stuff. The stuff I'm pulling is from that. It's not from, you know, any other websites or any other things else. It's all the stuff I'm pulling is straight from that article itself. Um, because, you know, there are other articles out there that will bit and piece and put stuff out there the way they want to put it out there and all that stuff. Uh, this is for, from what I'm reading is from the article itself. So, starting with Gal Gadot, uh, they said that she didn't care for Whedon's style, style of work either. Uh, last year, she told reporters that Whedon, quote, threatened her and she and that he would make her career, quote, miserable. Uh, quote, Whedon told me he did no such thing. Quote, I did not threaten people. Who does that? Uh, he included she had misunderstood him. Quote, English is not her first language. Okay. Uh, and I tend to be annoyingly flowery in my speech. End quote. He recalled arguing over a scene she wanted to cut. He told her jokingly that, uh, jokingly that if she wanted to get rid of it, she would have to tie him to a railroad track and do it over his dead body. Quote, then I was told that I had something about her dead body and trying her, uh, tying her to a railroad track, end quote, he said. Uh, Gal Gadot was reached out to this. She does not agree with Whedon's versions of the events, saying, quote, I understood perfectly, uh, to which she told the New York, who, of course, did this article. They reached out to her about what Josh Whedon said. So, 
Let's backtrack here a little bit to the part where he says English is not her first language. Um, last time I checked, Gal Gadot has been doing a lot of movies in which she is using a English words. So I'm pretty sure she knows the English language very goddamn well, Mr. Joss Whedon. So strike one right there. You fucking idiot. All right. So what a horrible, dumb, 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 dumb thing to say. Um, but yeah, let's see. As for Whedon's claim that he doesn't threaten people, an actress he worked with on The Angel Show told me, so again, I'm quoting from this New Yorker article, because again, we're following exactly what's coming out of this article, uh, quoted to me that hadn't been true back when she knew him. After her agent pushed for her to get a raise, she claims Whedon called her at home and said she was, quote, never going to work for him or 20th Century Fox again, end quote. Reading Godot's quote, she thought, quote, wow, he's still using that line. So, just for reference, that is two separate people on two separate shows claiming pretty much the same thing about him threatening people while working with them. So, again, weeding people, take it how you want it. Um, let's see, going back to Justice League, shall we? Now we get to the cyborg stuff, and, you know, of course, Ray Fisher was the one who first came out and tweeted about all the issues he had with Joss Whedon on set. And we talk about here how Whedon says he cut down Cyborg's role for two reasons. The storyline, quote, logically made no sense, end quote. Wrong, but okay. And he felt the acting was bad. Again, wrong, but okay. Um, despite that, Whedon insists that he spent hours discussing the changes with Fisher and that their conversations were friendly and respectful. None of the claims Fisher made in the media were, quote, either true or merited discussing, end quote, Whedon told him. Uh, he could think of only one way to explain Fisher's motives, quote, we're talking about a malevolent force, end quote, he said, and quote, we're talking about a bad actor in both senses, end quote. So to anybody who has seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, you will know that Cyborg is very extremely important to the storyline of the movie before Joss Whedon came in here and completely destroyed it. And we know that Ray Fisher is not a bad actor in any sense of the phrasing there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, again, Joss Whedon does not come off good here at all. Uh, continuing on, this completely goes against what Ray Fisher said when he raised his concerns about the revisions in a phone call with Joss Whedon. He said that Whedon cut him off, quote, if, uh, with Whedon saying, quote, feels like I'm taking notes right now. Whedon told Ray Fisher, according to The Hollywood Reporter, end quote, I don't like taking notes from anybody, not even Robert Downey Jr. So, again, both sides to every story, you're going to believe what you want to believe. But, doesn't sound like the talks were friendly or respectful at all, according to Ray Fisher. And, going from the past of Joss Whedon, I'm definitely leaning towards Ray Fisher um, and then, according to a crew member on the set, announced that, uh, Joss Whedon announced that, quote, he has never worked with a, quote, ruder group of people, end quote. Which is interesting because Joss Whedon, in this article, blames Gal Gadot for her not having English as her main language or her first language, and she, he calls Ray Fisher a bad actor. That's not, that's, I mean, rude, right? Very rude. Going on in this whole article, 
it seems like he's trying to paint this picture that Zack Snyder set up Ray Fisher doing this. And that the internet is the reason that all this stuff is going on with him. And the internet took down the mighty Joss Whedon. Blah, 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 blah. And something else you'll notice when you're reading this article is that, like I mentioned already once here, this is not just from the Justice League that this stuff went on. There are reports of him being abusive, manipulative, all of this stuff. On Buffy, on Angel, on everything he's worked on. But, you know. Multiple sides to every story, right? Even though there's multiple people across multiple brands of stuff that's worked with him. Inside the working arena, outside the working arena, he's cheating on his ex-wife, lived, uh, you know, manipulated multiple women he's worked with and been dating, you know, led people on. He's been threatening and abusive to multiple people, according to multiple people across all the stuff he's worked on. But yet, he's not a bad guy, right? So, again... Take it how you want it. There's multiple sides to every story. People are going to believe what they want to believe. Again, I don't worship at the altar of Joss Whedon, so my mind's not, you know, biased there. Um, so, hey, you're going to do what you want to do. But as far as I'm concerned, after reading that article from The New Yorker, the whole article I read, not just bits and pieces, I don't trust Joss Whedon for a thing. I think he's a real piece of shit, and I can care less about Joss Whedon. So I'm glad, so glad he was removed. From the Batgirl thing. So glad he's not working on that. Uh, I was thinking about checking out Buffy. But now I don't want to give him any support whatsoever. So that's where we stand here. You support Joss Whedon. That is your choice. Cool. Whatever. But after reading that article. I don't know how you could. But again. That is your choice. Um, but yeah. Check out that article. It was on the New York Mag. Uh, New York Magazine. Uh, where they go into his whole career. And multiple stories about all the horrible things he's done. They talk about other stuff, they take his word, they let him talk about what he wants to talk about. So again, multiple sides to multiple stories here, but believe what you want to believe, man. Um, let's see, so moving on from that. <laughs> um, had to talk about it, had to be done. Fuck Josh Sweeten, that's all I'm saying. Um, so, moving on. Let's jump into Ben Affleck. Uh, since last time we talked, he has been talkative about the Batman um, as far as, you know, him playing the Batman and all that stuff. Saying, quote, I have never said this, this is hot off the presses, but maybe my favorite scenes in terms of Batman and the interpretation of Batman that I have done were in the Flash movie, end quote. Um, going on, quote, I hope they maintain the integrity of what we did because I thought it was great and really interesting, end quote. Who knows, quote, who knows, maybe they will decide that it doesn't work, end quote. But then Affleck adds, quote, but when... I went and did it. It was really fun and really, really satisfying and encouraging. And I thought, wow, I think I have finally figured it out. Um, that's awesome to hear, man. I'm glad he's having a good time playing the Batman. He had some, you know, personal struggles going on throughout his time playing the Cape Crusader. So it's good to know that his possibly final time as the Batman was a very good uh, experience for him. So happy for him. Glad he got to do that. Uh, the Flash film brings Affleck back as Batman to the big screen. We'll also see Michael Keaton returning as the Batman in the film as well, as multiple other stuff is going on in this film, too. Um, the film is set to open in the theaters this year on November 4th, man. So I'm super excited and stoked for that. And I can't wait to see, man. We're going to have some more uh, DC talk later on in this episode. Um, getting back to Gal Gadot. 
some positive talk here, man. I uh, got a lot of news on her as well. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock classic film To Catch a Thief is being remade and will star Miss Gal Gadot. Uh, Notorious Cat Burglar. This is the original, if you don't know about uh, To Catch a Thief, man. Go check it out. Check out a lot of Alfred Hitchcock's work. Um, the master of suspense. Uh, Notorious Cat Burglar John Roby has long since retired to uh, Ten vin uh, Vineyards um, on the French Riviera. When a series of robberies is committed in his style, John must clear his name. Armed with a list of people who owe the most expensive jewels currently in the area, John begins following the first owner, young Francine. When her jewels are stolen, Francine suspects John destroying their tentative romance. John goes on the lam to catch the thief and clear his name. Uh, so yeah, Gal Gadot will be starring in that. Speaking of Miss Gal Gadot, Netflix is in the early stages of putting together a back-to-back -back shoot for two Red Note sequels uh, with the hope to begin production in early 2023. Sources say the plan is to bring back the star trio of Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds, and The Rock. And add new characters to flesh out a heist film ensemble reminiscent of the Ocean's Eleven franchise, man. So if you saw Red Notice, it was a huge hit for the Netflix. I was okay with it. Wasn't blown away with it. Um, but obviously it did big business for Netflix. And they're obviously more going to move forward with a sequel either way. But now it sounds like they're doing back-to-back -back shoots uh, whenever they're extremely busy trio of stars is ready to shoot so i uh, look for that to start production 2023 so maybe a 2024 release uh, let's see john watts the man behind the spider-man no way home film which is doing big business uh was number one at the box office till scream came out he will be producing a final destination film uh, that's right the final destination franchise is living on uh, as he is boarded Final Destination 6 as a producer for New Line Cinema with his wife and partner uh, in their production company. Film is set to debut on HBO Max, so there you go. Um, John Watts said, quote, both Diane and I have been massive fans of Final Destination from the very beginning, so to be able to have a hand in crafting a new story from the original team and New Line is going to be both fun and exciting. Um, Final Destination, of course, came out in the 2000s. It was a pretty big franchise throughout, uh, throughout the 2000s for the horror genre. Uh, there were five installments, which released from 2000 to 2011. Uh, pretty much the idea of the films is a group of young, beautiful people um, escape a horrible death in the first act of the film, and then they find themselves dying over the course of the movie in a series of increasingly elaborate accidents. Uh, over the franchise, the films have grossed 600 and 57 million dollars to date uh watts is only set to be producing final destination 6 his next uh, directing gig looks to be the reboot of the fantastic four over at the marvel cinematic universe which still remains undated um so there you go there you go continue on in the horror news looks like tobin bell may uh, be returning to the saw franchise if you're not familiar, Tobin Bell, uh, Tobin Bell uh, plays uh, John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw, the mastermind behind the traps in the Saw franchise. Uh, looks like he could be returning for the first time since uh, whatever Saw movie he was last in. <laughs> um, but it looks like he'll be returning for the next Saw film, which will be taking place before Saw th uh, could take place before Saw 3, uh, storyline-wise. We can follow 
in John Kramer's story and blah, 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 which pretty much all these Saw movies are John Kramer's story. Uh, the news comes a few weeks, of course, after the co-writer Stolberg posted on his social media about, quote, polishing up the next Saw script and promising that the next film is going to make, quote, John Kramer fans very happy. So, yeah, John Kramer returning to the Saw franchise after the last Saw movie, which was Spiral, which I'm going to watch later this week. Um... For my Patreon show. So yeah. Cool man. I mean the Saw franchise was dead for a while. Uh, they released their final film. Then they said hey let's kick this back up. And they did Spiral. Which is a story from the book of Saw. And then now it looks like they're going back to the. The bread and butter of the Saw franchise. With uh, John Kramer and all that stuff. So we'll keep you posted on any other news going on there. Uh, more horror news, uh, the show I Know What You Did Last Summer has been cancelled over at Prime Video after just one season. I do not find this surprising because I did not even know that show was out. <laughs> um, like, I didn't see a thing for it, and granted I don't have Prime Video, but at the same time I would expect to see something on social media, and didn't see a thing. Didn't hear anybody talking about it, didn't see any post about it, didn't see a poster about it, didn't see a trailer about it, nothing, nada. So... Not surprising that show's been canceled after one season. Stinks for the people who worked on it, but that is the business, right? So, best of luck to all of them. Um, we'll see if the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise tries to come back later on or not. But yeah, uh, that's that's done. Let's see. Net, uh, Netflix <laughs> has come aboard a new uh, reimagining of the cult classic film The Raid. They are tapping Patrick Hughes to direct with Michael Bay and XYZ Films on board to produce. Uh, Gareth Evans, who is of course behind the cult classic The Raid, will executive produce. Uh, the original film was written and directed by Evans and followed an elite Indonesian SWAT team that becomes trapped in a tenement run tenement, all right, whatever, run by a ruthless mobster and his army of killers and thugs. Uh, the film premiered back in 2012 uh, and earned a lot of praise for its insane action sequences and turned Evans into one of the festival's biggest stars. Um, Sony Pictures Classics would release the film, which gained a cult fan base and would lead to the film getting a sequel, of course, titled The Raid 2. Uh, this new version that's being made will be set in Philadelphia's drug-infested Badlands, where an elite undercover DEA task force climbs a ladder of cartel informants to catch an elusive kingpin. I believe I saw the raid. I don't think I saw the raid, too. Um, yeah, pretty cool action scenes and all that stuff. So, man, yeah, I mean, isn't that surprising? It's being remade. We'll see what happens there. Uh, speaking of, we'll see what happens here. There's a freaking Beanie Baby movie coming. <laughs> um, the Beanie Bubble is a new film which will be starring Zach Galifianakis and Elizabeth Banks, which is based on the book The Great Beanie Baby Bubble, Mass Delusion, and the Dark Side of Cute. Holy fucking hell. What a name. <laughs> is that a freaking Fallout Boy song or what? <laughs> um, the story behind one of the biggest uh, speculative crazes that blazed through American culture in the 1990s. Uh, it pulls back the curtain on the absurdities and injustices of the American dream, particularly the female relationship to it. It's a celebration of the women who helped power Ty Warner's success, whose strengths and good instincts shaped and amplified the phenomenon that was the Beanie Babies, but their names were not on the Beanie Baby heart-shaped tags themselves. Um, so definitely going to be an interesting story there. Beanie Babies, man. If you grew up in the 90s, you definitely had a couple. I know I had a couple of them as well. Um, 
And, like, people are selling them now because some of them are, like, worth a lot of money and all that stuff. So, be interesting to see what goes on there. Um, excuse the sniffles again. Little sniff sniffs going on still. Uh, let's see. The CW is apparently going up for sale. Um, CW, of course, was a joint venture between CBS and Warner Media that formed back in 2006 when they put their two companies, UPN and the WB, together. Um, under this agreement, Warner and CBS would produce content for the network evenly, but the success of, of course, DC's Arrowverse meant Warner was providing most of the top shows like The Flash, Superman and Lois, uh, Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, of course, Arrow. Um, the Hollywood Reporter says that the CW has never been all that profitable and that revenue was primarily generated from licensing the shows to international markets and streaming services like Netflix. Uh, for a long time, the CW licensed shows like The Flash and River Riverdale. Fucking hell, where the hell is Riverdale Rob at? Need to put a freaking APB or whatever out on Review it, Rob. Uh, Riverdale Rob, dude. Hey, Review it, Rob. Note to self, check on Riverdale Rob. <laughs> um, but yeah, The Flash and Riverdale hit Netflix and been doing very well. Um, CW licensed those shows, but that ended in 2019 as Warner and CBS started focusing on their own streaming platforms, um, HBO Max and Paramount Plus. As the two networks began to keep their content libraries to themselves, revenue from licensing and foreign sales dried up, which is first um, leading to, of course, CW's current situation here. Uh, the CEO of the CW, Mark Pindowitz, confirmed that CBS and Warner are looking at exploring strategic opportunities for the network, but that for now the channel will continue to provide original programming for the upcoming season. They are currently running um, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Riverdale, Charmed. Is that a new version of that show? All right, whatever. Uh, Batwoman, Nancy Drew, Stargirl, Walker, Texas Ranger, but just known as Walker, Superman and Lois, Kung Fu, don't know what that is, and 4400. Uh, with another superhero show, Naomi, set to premiere, and the CW recently announced another DC show called Gotham Knights. So, yeah, man, the uh, the teen love drama network is in trouble. Um, we'll see where that goes. Not, again, not surprising with the fact that we have HBO Max and Paramount Plus out there. You can just throw these shows on those streaming services. Honestly surprised that... They haven't started moving the Flash, at least, over to HBO Max and all that. Um, so, yeah. Not surprised here. We'll see what happens with the CW as time goes on. But, yeah, that seems like it's something that is on its way out. Let's see. Um, I think we're hitting... I mentioned this earlier. We're going to get into some DC news. Yeah, the next uh, couple of things I got here is DC news-oriented. So, uh, last bit of news. DC land, baby. Uh, starting it off with James Gunn, he was asked if he was involved with any other projects for DC, um, to which he revealed that, you know, we're stepping forward, it keeps happening, we'll see what's happening, and I'll know what's happening very shortly. I dealt with it last night and this morning, after being asked directly if the secret project he's working on is for television or a possible film, Gunn replied, quote, it's TV, there you go. So James Gunn, who's of course behind uh, the Suicide Squad recently, and he's behind the Peacemaker show that is on HBO Max now and currently running. Is doing another TV show. It's unknown if it'll be another spinoff of his Suicide Squad movie or something else. Um, but bring it on, dude. Again, his Suicide Squad movie is really enjoyable and this freaking Peacemaker show is a blast. So 
down for it, bring it on. Busy dude, he's still doing Guardians of the Galaxy, but uh, he's working on things here with DC, so that's pretty cool. Um, over on uh, the Batman talk, Warner Media CEO Jason Kilar has reassured fans that Matt Reeves highly anticipated the Batman film is still on track for its March 4th theatrical release, saying, quote, we're currently paying attention to everything going on in the world. We, we feel good about the date right now. We're going to watch it day by day. Uh, the Batman is, of course, again, scheduled to hit theaters on March 4th and will debut on HBO Max on April the 19th. As of right now, uh, that March 4th date has not moved. Looks like it's staying fine. I saw something in California where um, the the outbreak has gone down like 20% or something like that. So, I, you know, things are going back down. Theaters are not really moving anything. The only movie I think that's been moved at this point is Morbius, from what I can remember. So, March 4th still seems like we're good for the, the Batman. Again, it's hitting HBO Max on April the 19th. So, we'll see, man. We'll see. I highly... Highly, highly anticipate that movie is one of my most anticipated films of the year, and I want to see that in theaters. Um, nothing against seeing it on HBO Max. Perfectly fine with watching movie, new movies at home. Doesn't bother me at all. But, again, there are certain movies I would love to see in theaters, and the Batman is definitely one of them. Continuing on with the Batman, this has been uh, speculated over the last couple of days. It's on IMDb's website, but it hasn't been officially confirmed from what I've seen. But apparently the runtime for the Batman is at 2 hours and 55 minutes, man. 2 hours of Robert Pattinson doing the Batman thing, man. So, I'm cool, man. I think The Dark Knight Rises was like 2 hours and 40 some odd minutes or whatever. So, not too insane. Uh, we just saw Avengers Endgame, which is like over 3 hours. So, bring it on, man. I, You know, Zack Snyder's Justice League, 4 hours. If it's worth it, it's worth it, man. And this movie looks like it's worth it from everything I've seen. So, let's freaking go. Alright, and the last bit we got here is... Uh, we're back with Miss Gal Gadot here. Um, she was asked recently about the upcoming Wonder Woman 3 film and where things are going. She noted that the script is currently being worked on, saying, quote, We're developing the script right now. We'll probably start in a year, a year and a half or so. Uh, currently, not much known about the third Wonder Woman film, although Warner Brothers did note last year that it would have a traditional theatrical release instead of the day-and-date release that they did for Wonder Woman 1984, a movie I've seen once and have not gone back to watch. Um, I, th I I remember enjoying it, but you know I'm not in a hurry to see it again. Um, what we do know about Wonder Woman 3, both Gal Gadot and uh, writer-director Patty Jenkins will be returning to the film. Um, she will, again, write and direct for this one as well. During the DC Fandom event back in October of 2021, it was also revealed that actress Linda Carter, who, of course, originally played Wonder Woman in the 70s TV show, would be filming um, following her cameo. She did a cameo in 1984. Uh, Gal Gadot teased that Carter will have a bigger role in the upcoming third installment in the past uh, promising that the long-awaited team-up will be, quote, even better this time. I love her. I love her dearly, end quote. Jenkins has also hinted that Wonder Woman 3 might be her last installment with the franchise, although Gal Gadot has not publicly commented on whether or not she would be stepping away from the character after the third film. Um, there you go, man. Again, we'll update when we get more news on Wonder Woman 3, but it seems like that is a while off. 
And we gotta see what's going on with the DC world. The Flash film is apparently supposed to soft reboot everything, so... We'll see. I think Gal has been amazing as Wonder Woman. Wouldn't want to see her go, but... As it is, sometimes these films, they do these trilogies, and they're like, hey, man, I gotta go away. So, we'll see what ends up happening here. If she ends up dropping out or not, but... That does it for the news, <laughs> right? So... Let's talk about some things that released. Not a lot releasing this week to really talk about. The only thing we got is the uh, Tinder Bar, which is rated R. Um, it is a drama comedy, one hour, 46 minutes. It is hitting streaming this week. The Tinder Bar tells the story of J.R., a fatherless boy growing up in the glow of a bar where the bartender, his Uncle Charlie, played by Ben Affleck, is the sharpest and most colorful of an assortment of quirky and demonstrative demonstrative um, father figures as the boy's determined mother played by uh, the great lily rabe struggles to provide her son with opportunities denied to her and leave the db uh good lord dilapidated um, home of her outrageous supportive father played by christopher lloyd jr begins to gamely if not always gracefully pursue his romantic and professional dreams with one foot persistently placed in Uncle Charlie's bar. The Tinder Bar is based on a best-selling memoir. There you go. That is hitting streaming this week. Um, missed last week, so I'm going to go over some stuff that released last week that you can check out as well. Again, Scream is now out in theaters. That is a horror mystery thriller. Runs at 1 hour and 54 minutes. That is in theaters. Uh, this is 25 years after a streak of brutal murder shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro. California, a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. Gonna be talking about that movie a little bit here. Um, got Borrego, talking about this because my girl Lucy Hale stars in this. Uh, this is a mystery and a thriller film. It's one hour, 42 minutes. It is in theaters and streaming. After witnessing a drug mu uh, mule's plane crash in the Borrego desert, Ellie is kidnapped and forced on a dangerous journey to a remote drop-off point. Again, I'll be watching it because love me some Lucy Hale. Um, Hotel Transylvania Transformania uh, comedy adventure. This is one hour, 38 minutes. It is streaming only. Uh, Drac and the Pack are back like you've never seen them before in Hotel Transylvania Transformania. Reunite with your favorite monsters for an all-new adventure that presents Drac with his most terrifying task yet. When Van Helsing's mysterious invitation, the monster vacation ray, uh, goes haywire. That's invention, not invitation, you dumbass. <laughs> um, Drag and his monster pals are all transformed into humans, and Johnny becomes a monster. And their new mismatched bodies, Drac, stripped of his powers, and Johnny now having powers. Loving life as a monster must team up and race across the globe to find a cure before it's too late and before they drive each other crazy. With help from Mavis and the hilarious human Drac Pack, the heat is on to find a switch themselves back before their transformation becomes permanent. Uh, my brother checked this movie out and he told me Adam Sandler and Kevin James did not return for this movie, which is fucking weird. Um, so yeah, I don't know about that one. Uh, but the rest of the cast is the same. Selena Gomez, David Spade, all those people, so... Adam Sandler's not part of it, which is just, it's, uh, you know, and Kevin James is not part of it. Weird stuff. Um, oh, Eternals hit streaming. I watched that. <laughs> I forgot to mention I watched that because, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, but Eternals is PG-13 fantasy adventure, two hour, 37 minutes. It is now on Disney+. Plus. 
Marvel Studios Eternals features an exciting new team of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years following the events of Avengers Endgame. An unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadow to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemies, the Deviants. Um, yeah, I watched that movie. Alright, <laughs> Peacemaker is now officially on HBO Max and on Netflix. We have um, Archive 81, which is produced by the great James Wan. This is a TV horror show. Uh, an activist takes a job restoring damaged videotapes and gets pulled into the vortex. Vortex, the vortex, <laughs> the vortex of a mystery involving the missing director and demonic cult. Uh, that is, an, again, a Netflix series on Netflix, obviously. <laughs> Mark I 81, produced by James Walker. So, there you go, dude. We're gonna go ahead and hit the trailer for Scream and um, talk about it a little bit here. So, hang tight. so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm, I know who you are. I've been through this a lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready? This? Never. No, stop. Wait, wait, wait. There are certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. So let's talk Scream 2022. Uh, again, the film released last week. It is rated R. It's a horror mystery thriller. The trifecta. Uh, one hour, 54 minutes long. Uh, right now, Rotten Tomatoes has it at a critic score of 75% and an audience score of 83%, while IMDb has it at a 7.3 out of 10. Uh, again, this movie, 25 years after a streak of brutal murder shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, California, a new killer dons 
the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. So, so I'm going to start off by saying I was very excited to return to the theaters to see a Scream film, man. I like the, I like the ghost face character. I like it a lot. I think he's become, obviously, you know, started in the 90s. I think he's obviously the new generation's horror icon, if you will. Um, crazy to say, because like, 25 years later and all that stuff, but you know what I mean, he's like, he's like the newer scale of horror icons and all that stuff, it's cool to go back and see him, I've always been kind of cool, and liked Ghostface, man, I got a Ghostface mask that I like, um, and you know, it's, you know, the feel of it and all that stuff, it's obviously following in the footsteps of the Halloween that came out in 2018, where, you know, we're doing a sequel to the first film, but we're adding some new characters and new storyline, um, same storyline, we're adding new stuff to follow along and all that stuff, so, you know what you're going with, exciting, it's fun, it's always fun and exciting to see, like, a horror icon come back, uh, especially it was one of those when you're, like, a big fan of, and I'm a fan of it, man, the Scream franchise for what it is, I didn't watch, I know a lot of people did a, um, rewatch of the Scream films going back into, um, heading into this movie, I did not do that, um, I, I don't know what my official ranking of the Scream franchise, maybe that's still thing I'll, I'll definitely hit the Scream franchise at some point on the Patreon, um, Nightmare on Review at Street Show, um, but, you know, again, always a fun franchise to kind of think about, and again, it has its footprint in, you know, the horror realm and all that stuff, so when you're getting a new Scream film, um, you know, that vein is supposed to be in, like, the vein of Halloween 2018, you kind of get an idea of what you're going in for here, um, knowing the previous Scream films and knowing what you know, they're trying to look for, and going into this, and again, I was super excited about it, movie starts off, again, spoiler-free review, I'm not gonna spoil anything here, um, starts off, like, pretty much the screen film, start off, starts off great, fun opening, uh, gets you amped up and excited about how things are gonna go, and we go from there, right, and, you know, I see a ton of love for this movie, and that's great, love what you wanna love, and all that stuff, and I'm glad it took a couple days, because I remember leaving the theater after seeing this movie, with the surprising feeling of, meh, you know, you know, I saw the movie, it's what it is, it's a Scream film, I think is the best way to describe it, if you've seen a Scream movie, you've pretty much seen them all, and this movie is very much a Scream movie, in my opinion, um, it shines in points where it's really good it shines, but in other points it just falls flat for me, and I think, and it was very surprising to me when I left the theater, because going in I was very excited, and when the movie kicks in and starts, I remember just being amped up, and when we get to our opening scene, and opening scene's got that good feeling, and that good tone that you wanted to have, and you see Ghostface, and you're amped up, and you're excited, and it's cool, and then, you know, as the movie goes on, you're kind of just like, well, you know, it's a Scream movie, <laughs> um, and I don't want that to come off in a way where I'm like, oh, the Scream movies are terrible, they're not, the first Scream movie is obviously an iconic film, it's great at what it does, but, and then you think about the rest of the franchise, and it's kind of like all the same beats over and over again, and then Lord just changes up a little bit, and to, you know, change a little bit of direction, so it's not exactly the same, and all that stuff, and it just, I think that's what got me with this movie, is that I didn't feel like I was seeing anything different, you know, I understand it's a soft reboot or requel or whatever you want to call it. Um, 
But with that, I mean, it's, you know, it's, again, it, I wanted to feel something different. Like, again, harping, I don't want to harp on it too much, but going back to Halloween 2018, which is a direct sequel to the Halloween film from 1978, it's different you know you don't it doesn't follow it's got the you know the halloween beats but it's not like pretty much blah 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 blah, blah same thing or at least it doesn't feel that way to me this movie it just felt like it was the rehash of doing a screen movie again remake and all that stuff i get it but it just it kind of left me flat also another thing that kind of left me flat was i don't know i don't want to harp on too much because they did ready or not and great movie but the script to me felt you know again bringing up the word flat it felt like there's parts of the script that was good but there's still just some parts that just it didn't it didn't mesh right and then it just seemed like we're going in too far with some things and we're not going to this part and there's other parts where some of the actors just felt like they were phoning it in not all of them there's some really good performances obviously you got your legacy characters in the film which you know get to that in a second but you know we had some new introduction of characters some of them are good some some of them are honestly they felt flat and you know the ones who are like playing new versions of characters from the first film you're like okay well, they're doing pretty good but other points is like yeah you know whatever and there's also definitely the nostalgia drives of this and it's like okay people are going to be into this because one it's for Wes which is great we love Wes Craven right we want to play tribute to him and all that stuff I get it um, we're doing a reboot of the Scream franchise, so we're going to do bits and pieces from the first film and blah, 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 fine, whatever, but let's not make it so much the same. And that's just how it felt to me. Again, to other people, it probably felt different, that's fine, that's cool, but to me, that's how it felt. I didn't feel like I was getting really anything too special. Um, with our legacy characters, there's obviously... For watching the screen film, it's great to see Sydney and Dewey again. Um, Gail, nah, I could care less. <laughs> you know, just being honest, I could never really care for the Gail character, and you know, seeing her again, cool for the history of the franchise, but I could, you know, do less. Um, I, I think they're positioned in the film fine. They're not, you know, it's. Eh. Even some of their performances, I mean, they're all, you know, iconic in the history of the franchise and all that stuff, but it just seemed, and maybe it's the script, maybe just some of the lines, I'm like, oh, come on, this is corny. Um, and maybe that's the point. Maybe they're, you know, the Scream franchise is always something that's kind of, you know, been meta or whatever, so it doesn't take itself extremely serious by any means, but at the same time, it's like, ah, eh, some of these things are cheesy, <laughs> you know? And I felt that especially, you know, when we're getting to the end and we're getting the same beat, once again, of the Scream franchise, and, you know, it's, okay, you know, whatever, <laughs> and, it, I don't know, it's just, uh, things that, I, but, you know, those are the things, man, it's just, you know, the script felt a little wonky at points, some of the acting felt very flat, uh, the film, again, is almost two hours long, right, an hour and 54 minutes, or something like that, so, a little long, a little long, um, positives let's spin this around some positives of the film um first positive again seeing Ghostface back on the screen cool loved it that was fun um another positive for me was again it's cool to see Sidney Prescott and Dewey and it's cool to see 
stuff they did with the film um, involving uh, those characters. Another positive is Ginny Ortega. And the reason this I'm putting this out as a positive because I think this is like the first thing I've really seen her in. Try to pull up her filmography real quick. Um, apparently she was in The Babysitter Killer Queen. I don't fully remember her from that. I'm sure I can pull that up and figure it out. But it was cool seeing her. I think she's one of the best performances in the film. She's one of the first characters we see in the... She is the first character, I think, we see in the film. She played uh, ta uh, Tara, Tara, Tara um, in the film. And the reason it was a positive to see her. Again, she's good in the movie. But the reason it's a positive seeing her performance is because she is Wednesday Adams in the Tim Burton Wednesday Adams show that's coming to Netflix. And again, this is my again, this is like my first time seeing her in like a full performance. So, you know, trying to get an idea of how she's gonna be for the Wednesday character, because obviously you know me, I love the Adams family and I take that shit seriously. And um apparently she was in Insidious Chapter Two as well. Alright, so she's got a horror background going for her. Um and she was on Disney Channel. All right, so she's got she's been around for a while, but I again I don't I I don't recognize most. This is the first time I'm getting like a full performance from her. Um, and I thought she was really good. Again, I think she's one of the best performances, if not the best performance in the movie. And I'm excited to see her as Wednesday Adams now. I think she's gonna pull that off. Uh, another positive for me is God dang the brutality in this movie. Holy freaking hell. Um, I don't, when I think of the Scream franchise, I don't think of brutality all that much. Um, I believe Wonderful was telling me that Scream 2 was pretty brutal. Again, I didn't watch the films before going uh, into seeing this movie. So, Scream 2 is not like one of those movies that's fresh in my mind. Um, so, maybe it was pretty brutal. But this movie definitely had the brutality. The movie is rated R and holy freaking hell, it is brutal. And I loved it. <laughs> um, call me sick-minded or whatever, but I loved it, man. I think, you know... When you get a horror movie like this, and you get, especially the idea of this freaking out for vengeance, and he's going after all these characters and all this stuff, freaking, yeah, dude, it's gonna get brutal, man. So, brutality is a positive. Jenna, uh, Jenna Ortega is a positive. Um, seeing Ghostface again is positive. The movie doesn't suck. Let me go ahead and phrase it out like that. The movie doesn't suck. Do I think it is as great as being made out to be? No, I don't think it is this amazing awesome return film um, of the franchise. I think if I'm going to, like, without watching all the films, I'll probably put it uh, third, middle of the pack for me, because obviously the first film is always going to be number one, and I really like Scream 4. Um, and then I think I'd put Scream 5 or Scream 2022 right there at three, and then, of course, two and three after that. Um, so, I mean, it's not a horrible movie, but there's just some... Um, performances in the movie that it just felt like oh they're just reading off the script or they're not really trying all that hard and all that stuff and I don't want to be mean obviously I don't like to do that I don't want to be mean to people it's just how it felt when I was watching the movie it just felt like it felt flat at points it just felt very flat and that sucks man it sucks so positives opening scene of the movie does a great job getting you amped up and ready for the film um Again, brutality is great. Performances, half of the performances are pretty good. They do things you would want them to do when you're watching a screen movie. If you're into it, for 
fact that hey it's a scream movie and guess what you're getting a scream movie and it is a scream movie <laughs> you know so you know you're gonna enjoy it and i enjoyed it for the most part again it's not a horrible movie i've seen worse movies obviously i had a good enough time with the film to where it wasn't just a complete and utter disaster of a time so yeah i say definitely if you're I mean, let's be honest, there's not really much coming out. So if you want to go to the theaters to see something, Scream is your best option right now. It'll be fun to see, man. It'll be it'll be fun enough to see if you love the Scream franchise and you're wanting just a Scream movie, if you're not overthinking it or anything. And again, maybe I'm being just way too harsh here. But I, at the same time, I said this to my brother the other day when I was hanging out with him. Like, I understand a lot of people are loving this movie and I'm trying not to cloud my mind with, all right, all these people are loving it, so I'm going to love it too. You know, make up your own mind and make up your own decisions. And with me, you know, sometimes I go along a little bit too much with some people. I'm like, oh, they're loving this, so let me, you know, try to act like I love it too. But you can't do that, man. You can't do that. You got to have your make, make your own decisions. You got to enjoy your own stuff. And I did that in the past, man. I did that stuff where I'm like, oh, everybody loves it. I'm just going to, you know, I'm kind of going to go along with that. But no, fuck that, dude. I'm, you know, over the last couple of years, I'm like making my own decisions here, and if I don't love it, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, tell you all the time here, like, everybody loves that, that shit, I don't, I don't get it, I don't understand what everybody loves so much about it, some of the movies are good, but vast majority of those movies are not that good, um, I love the DCEU, a bunch of people hate the DCEU, don't care, dude, that's for me, that's for me to decide, that's for me to do, um, and that's how I felt with this screen movie, I enjoyed it for parts, but overall, I don't think it is incredible, from start to finish, I think it has its parts where it's very awesome, and it has its parts where it's like, okay, this is dragging, or okay, this is flat, okay, this is not the best, you know, it has those moments, so, overall, Scream, enjoyable enough to pass, again, it's middle of the pack for me, you know, just off the top of my head when I'm thinking about the franchise itself, um, very much nostalgia pull for the Scream fans, while trying to introduce something new to the franchise and maybe make it go on in the future if they want to do that which they more than likely will end up doing because the movie has made a lot of money i believe i saw a post that it's made more money than scream 4 did which is very interesting um i haven't looked for um, more into that because i don't know i don't ever think of scream 4 as not doing good um but yeah uh, this movie has already made more money than Scream 4 made it in its whole run in theaters back in 2011 so just for the fun of it um Scream 4 got a 61% and a 56% interesting um I don't yeah I, I think I like Scream 4 more <laughs> again I haven't watched these movies in a while but if I remember correctly I do like Scream 4 a good bit so uh 6.2 out of 10 line DB. okay whatever um yeah, whatever. So there you go. Uh, Scream 5 or Scream 2002. How are you going? Hey, Lucy Hale's in Scream 4. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Who knows? Who knows with me? But that does it, man. That'll do it for me. Again, Scream is worth seeing if you're a fan of the franchise and you're looking for the same thing with a little bit of changes and some extra brutality added in. You're good to go. Um, if you're expecting something completely different, this is not... Um, gonna be the film for you. It's just a, it's a Scream movie. And I guess that's not the worst thing to do when your movie is called Scream. If you're thinking about it, like it's, oh, I'm going into this, oh, it's like Halloween 2018. It is not. Um, it is not. But 
that's fine, man. It's enjoyable enough for when it needs to be enjoyable enough to pass. So, Scream 2002 gets a pass for me. Um, one thumb up? Sure. I guess. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> this episode's been going long enough. That's the news, man. Probably got some people hating me for stuff I said at the beginning of the episode. That's life. Um, that's what people say. That's how it goes. <laughs> but that does it for this episode, man. Um, you know what? I think it is only fitting that's in it. It is the anniversary of Motley Crue that we end this thing out with a Motley Crue song, shall we? So, let me find a Motley Crue song here. Pretty easy to go with, you know, some of the normal ones we always know. But hey, gonna throw in... Alright, there you go, guys. So, appreciate you all listening to me again. I probably pissed some people off here at the beginning of the episode. Again, that's life. What can you do? Maybe piss some people off with my review of Scream. Again, what can you do? But that'll do it, man. That is my opinion. That is my view. As always, going to be me. Uh, again, appreciate you taking the time to listen to me talk. If you agree or don't agree, let me know, dude. I'm always open to hearing people tell me how they feel about movies. Um, again, it won't change my opinion, but it's always cool to talk about movies with people. But that'll do it for this week's episode. I will be back next week. Fingers crossed as long as nothing happens um, for next episode. As always, remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. Talk to you all next week. Enjoy the crew on our way out here.
Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.